We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. We get right into it. Those people are like, get an intro. Why? You're just going to skip it. I'm Bart Winkler, the Bart Winkler Show on the Blue Wire Network. Like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. So for like five years on the radio, I'm like, podcast. And now I'm like, podcast, podcast, please, podcast. Toby Altizer is here. Toby's still rocking the mustache. How you doing, Tobes? Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, I don't know when I'll get rid of this thing, but for the time being, it's going to stay. A lot of reaction to our Scott Turner conversation, so. <laughs> I might have to... Yeah, that, that was very intriguing. Uh, I didn't think that Scott Turner would be the highlight of that podcast. And then Paul Imig on his first debut, which you only get one debut, I suppose, but of this new uh, iteration. Paul, buddy. Hey. You guys, well, Bart at least always got to see me. I was always on my, what do we use? Skype. Um, but now I get to see both of you. I think Toby, this is the first time I've ever seen your face not on a Twitter profile picture. It probably is. Yeah. We've never met in person. So well, yeah, I guess Bart, this ought to be our new medium. I don't know if I should be insulted. You complimented Toby's mustache. This is like two weeks of growth here, buddy. That is a little different than you. Yeah, it's a, it's very bad, but it's really, really bad. It, it, <laughs> I'm thinking about so my uh, when I um, left the TV business, I decided to grow a beard because I could never have a beard. Yeah, and I've had a beard ever since. I don't know. I think I think it might be time to shave the beard. Whoa! Now my wife's never seen see me without. without yeah. She's never seen me without it's it's there's too much fat under here to do it. She's literally never seen you without it. Just in like one picture. Did you have it for your wedding? Oh yeah. Cause that was before you and I met. So I, I I'm sure I would have been at least like right behind the brothers in line for best man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in front of <laughs> screw Brett. You would have been in our auxiliary room. We had so many people. <laughs> Not the main media press box. Yeah, our wedding was like Sunday Easter church where you're like sitting off in a different building and like the, the shed they convert, throw a TV in there. Well, I'm obviously gonna... with Paul here, with Toby here, it's time for some mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so we just jump in Ready, guys? Yeah. All right. Of course. A win, and, and Toby, I'm going to come up with a slightly different phrasing for you. I don't know how you're going to answer this one, but Bart for sure. A win over the Chicago Bears has become so commonplace, I feel nothing afterwards. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of talk this week about why do they keep putting that game in prime time? Packers bears is always in prime time. Kyle Brandt had a nice little thing about it, about how stop, we don't need this. We get it, but it's not Butkus. It's not Nitschke and it's not. And for bears fans, their complaint has been, you keep giving us this prime time game. The prime time game is always in green Bay. And then the Sunday noon on Fox game is always at soldier field. Why not at least, 
vice versa. They've only done that a few times. I think of the 20 some times Rogers has played them 30 times. There's been like six in soldier field. So it's, it's typically that game you saw Sunday night was like a, a replay. And it's the same thing that happened with Baltimore and Pittsburgh for a while. It seemed like every time those teams played, you would see it too much. So if you're the average NFL fan, like this Sunday, Denver and San Fran, I'm kind of intrigued to watch that game. Yeah. You know, that's not a matchup you see a lot. It's Sunday night. I, I'm going to enjoy that. But this Packers-Bears game, if you're anybody else, I get why it's boring to you. And if you're a Packer fan, to answer your question, yeah, beating the Bears does nothing. It's losing to the Bears, which sucks. Yeah. Beating the Vikings is great. Beating the Lions, I, I would almost say that beating the Bears, it just, even as bad as the Packers were, and if they had anybody else on their schedule, like I think there was some legitimate concern after Monday. Or after yeah. week one, after week one. But it was the Bears on the schedule Sunday night at home. They were never going to lose that game. And the spread was 14 or 10, 10. Of course, they were going to cover. There was no mystery to it. There was no surprise. Yeah, the Bears scored first. We've seen him score first. We saw the Bears go up 20 to nothing one time. Yeah. We saw Rodgers get carted off the field one time. Yeah. And the Packers still came back and won. For the, even that game in Soldier. Now I'm thinking of like the Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb, that was in Soldier Field the NFC championship game when, I mean, they just always seem to win these games. And when they don't Rogers got hurt or whatever. So it does nothing. It does nothing. It yeah. does something if they lose. Cause then bears fans, you know, whatever, but yeah, winning does nothing for me. Toby, you can put this in the context of yourself or of Packer fan, capital P capital F Packer fan. But I mean, does it win over the bears? Toby does, does Packer fans, do they feel anything mm-hmm. or do they feel anything mm-hmm. or mm. well and I, I will put this as my thoughts as someone that would maybe be a Packers fan I, I'm not personally a Packers fan so I don't know the ins and outs of this rivalry but if I were to think about it in terms of how I feel about our rivals so Washington's rival obviously being the Dallas Cowboys if you just own a rivalry for so long and it's just a one-sided thing for so long, then I have a hard time thinking that winning that game means anything. And I never understood why Bart would talk about it like, oh, Bears rivalry isn't meaning a whole lot and beating the Vikings is better. And then you see the start to this season, and there was never a doubt they were winning week two against the Bears. And I don't remember the last time the Bears came into a game thinking they had a legitimate shot to beat the Packers. And so I think for Packers fans, it's gotten to the point where you chalk it up as a win. The oldest rivalry in football, it's awesome. But in reality, there's no rivalry right now. The Packers just own the Bears. So the real rivals in the NFC North are the Minnesota Vikings. So if I were a Packers fan, yeah, mm -hmm, 100%. It means nothing to beat the Bears. Because at this point, if they don't beat the Bears, all hell breaks loose and a lot of panic. But when you, when it's been the way it's been for what the last decade, last two decades, last three decades, it's always a win against the Bears. Yeah. If they didn't beat the Bears this week, then it would have been, then it would have been cause for concern. But you saw the defense play better. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he doesn't have to play like he had to play like the MVP to probably win, or at least like a good quarterback to win against Minnesota. Justin Fields is seventy yards. Yeah. And these comments that Fields made, by the way, about Bears fans, he said something to the extent of Bears fans, it hurts more for us because we're the ones putting in the work. And some Bears fans got really upset about that. <laughs> You've got a good quarterback that's trying. <laughs> Let him say what he wants, okay? Yeah. And it's not that. I, I wouldn't be offended if Rodgers said that. If Rodgers said, hey, look, Packer fans, you might live and die with this team, but we're the ones putting in the work. It's going to mean more to us. I want my quarterback to say that. Are you kidding me? I want my team to care more about winning and losing than I do. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I care at a ridiculously large amount. <laughs> I'm here to set the table more than anything, but I would echo and say, mm-hmm, feels nothing. That, there's, it, it's taken for granted, which maybe it shouldn't, but what do you, what do you expect? This has been especially – it, you don't even have to say, especially at Lambeau Field, but it's just you go into that game as a viewer, as a fan, and just the expectation is that the Packers win decisively, at the very least win, probably even win decisively. Uh, so let's go to the next one here. And Bart, you hit on it a little bit, 
Um, you and Bart, you uh, before going off the airwaves of the radio, uh, <laughs> were very, 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 very confident in the Packers defense. Yeah, I was too. I, I was right there with you. Shaky week one, I'd say to good, good week two. I mean, not great, I'm not really great, but you are still confident this Packers defense will be great this season. Mm hmm. Or mm mm. Mm hmm. Very patriotic theme today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, week one had the thing with Jair and playing zone and not covering Justin Jefferson. You probably should do that. Uh, I still think that, yeah. I mean, you look at a guy like Quay Walker, he had a massive impact, I thought. On week two, you're going to see Jaron Reed, I thought, has been a good addition. And, you know, Devontae Wyatt may not be getting the snaps, but the Packers have done that with different guys. I think uh, Rashawn Gary's one of them, and he looks great. Yeah, uh, Stokes has looked really good. So I think that, yeah, it's just it's it's a matter of Joe Barry's got like. I hear it. OK, OK, so Joe Barry's got all the ingredients for world's best pizza. OK. And it's pretty easy to if you have all the ingredients for world's best pizza, you put the sauce down, you put the the dough on, you put some cheese on, you do put the pineapple on. Wow. Hot take alert! Interesting. But what Barry did week one is he's like, I don't know, he like put pepperoni as the base, and then all the cheese was only in the crust. And well, that's come on, that don't didn't use the dough. Cheese in the crust, though. Don't, don't throw shade on cheese in the crust. No, that was great, but there was no cheese in the middle. It was just oh, like, just, just like on BuzzFeed or something. It's like, look at this pizza I made, and it's, just, it's like a piece of bread. Yeah. It's bad. So that's the awful analogy that I came up with here this morning. Do you guys hear that noise when I get emails, by the way? Yes. Ah, yeah. Shit. <laughs> the first, the, and by the way, I know I've you got another really one. Does anyone know what's happening on Oakland and Shorewood? There was a cop car. Oh, God. Oh, your neighborhood watch group, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Uh, So, yeah, the defense to a patriotic mm mm-hmm is, uh, yes. And by the way, I think I should preface this. I think to say that they're going to be great this season, I think that's top five. Is that fair? Great is top five. So, Toby, you're confident the Packers defense is going to be great this season. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. Now remember what I said, Toby, was there will be weeks where they're gonna be so good that you will call your loved ones and start crying about how good it was. Will it be that good? Mm-mm. No. No. Uh it's not crying it, your loved ones good. Okay. That's I'm that's fixing I'm I'm fixing the sound. <laughs> it's all good. No, I mean I want to have confidence in this defense. I do. And we talked about it all off season and leading oh, up God. to the season that there's a lot to be confident about in this defense. Jesus. And then you watch Sorry. them. Oh my, <laughs> I got it. None, none, none. Keep going, Toby power through. And, right, and so, and, and so then you watch them the first couple weeks, classic Winkler comedy right there. Yeah. Classic Winkler comedy. Week two, I thought they were okay. Uh, you could say good if you want it. At times, they looked like a top five defense. But I didn't see that at all in week one. And to be honest with you, I don't take a lot away from a Bears game where that Bears offense can't complete a pass. Yeah. The, the, their best receiver is Darnell Mooney. And what do you have, negative two yards or something stupid like that? Like He didn't have a whole lot of anything. So, I mean, you can have some takeaways from that Bears game, but I think those are more so on the offensive side of the ball. So, for me, I'm going to go with mm-mm. And the reason isn't the players. The reason is Joe Barry. Yeah. Because going into that Vikings game, what would you think would be the game plan? you think the game plan would be put Jair on Justin Jefferson. Let's play some man. Let's maybe load the box a little bit to stop Dalvin Cook. And they didn't do a whole lot of anything in that regard. And then – you see what this personnel looks like. You would think that it would be a man defense that you could get after the pass or you could load the box to help against the run. And yet they were able to stop the passing game for the Bears. But you would think that, all right, well, if you're going to stop the passing game, 
then maybe load the box a little bit. Let's see if we can stop the run. And David Montgomery was still able to get going. Justin Fields had a little bit on the ground. Khalil Herbert was able to get going a little bit. So I'm still going to say that I'm a little bit hesitant on this defense, but it's not really because of the players. I just don't know that they're always put in the best position to succeed by the coaching staff. So I'm going to say, mm-mm. Yeah, I, I echo all of that. And in fact, I had a <clears throat> follow-up question here that I almost took it in the direction of was to be about Joe Barry. It's only been two weeks. The Packers are one and one. I'll save the Joe Barry topic. Presumably it's going to happen several times because that's my question too. I think that's most people's question. Joe Barry was Matt LaFleur's third choice for defensive coordinator, right? Jim Leonard was number one. I'm trying to recall who was his second offer. But there was someone else, if I recall. Joe, yeah, Joe it was a guy whose name I never learned because it was. Yeah, well, it was a so, terrible human. So <laughs> we, I think we even have to remind ourselves that for all the draft picks that the Packers have invested on defense, for all of the great players, they've great players, like really, really good players they've collected. Joe Barry has a track record of being an awful, not like bad would be understating an awful defensive coordinator in the league in his previous stops. There's reason for concern there. Uh, obviously you would think Lafleur, as the head coach signs off on everything that Barry does, but Lafleur's is the offensive guy. Joe Barry is the defensive guy. So I am though, I'm going to, I'm going to actually, despite that, that's my preface to say, mm-hmm, actually, I am still confident they can be great this season because the talent is just, it's significant. That's top, three talent with a defensive coordinator who hopefully won't stand in the way of it being top five at the very least. So, you know, what we call, I have a, I have a, just a group chat. You know what we call Joe Barry in our group chat as a nickname? Did it. Joe fuck. <laughs> I like for the first two episodes, you were like cautioning Horvat on even saying like the <laughs> slightest of swear words. And then it <laughs> just like, no, let's go. Uh, that that didn't last long. Well, I never wanted to swear because, you know, people do listen with their kids in the car, but then I remembered, like, all the things my kids seen. <laughs> I mean, they say they say swear words just normal, like, on the news these days. Do they really? Well, they don't edit it out of, like, anything. I, all I know is they don't swear in Paw Patrol, so. Oh, we watched oh, two episodes of that today. Rocky got stuck on an island oh. by himself. Who, who was on the rescue to, to save? Rocky? They all were. They were all like laughing and joking and Chase had said Rocky's catchphrase. And they're like, right, Rocky? And then they're like, where where's Rocky? And then they had to go. And then Chickaletta <laughs> got lost. And it was oh, a whole thing. Chickaletta got lost? That's that's where Mary Goodway really comes into play. Great show. And uh, in five or six weeks, you get to see our family Paw Patrol outfit costumes for Halloween. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, <laughs> Paw Patrol aside, when we look back on the 2022 Packers season, 
we will say that Sammy Watkins was the team's best wide receiver in the 20th year of 2022. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. Uh, I'm going to say, God, right now? Just, just like, no. Like, you can do your, your simulation through the next 15 games, through the playoffs, and then we're going to have a conversation in March of 2023, and we're going to say, you know what? Sammy Watkins was actually the best wide receiver, not not pass catcher, not tight end. Or I'm going to say wide receiver. I'm going to say. Mm-hmm, down the Houston, from New York, Tennessee, and I tried to do the America. <laughs> and I'm. Yeah, you look good, dude. Remember this guy? What was he? Fourth overall pick? Yeah, six seven, in Devontae's class. Yeah. So the thing that I noticed was that every receiver had a role, right? Watkins had a role. You can like think of the, the he has one route, and Watson had one route, and Cobb had one route, and Lazard had one route. They were all like, it was like. You go to the church parking lot and you play and all right, Ted, you go deep and Joe, you do a post. Same thing every time. That's what it seemed like. But uh, Watkins had like Watkins had like, oh, is that Sammy Watkins? Yeah. And I love the long sleeve for no reason. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I think that if, if Watkins can even reach somewhat, of, I mean, this guy's a fourth. I mean, he's got potential. And, yeah. you know, the, the, he knows that this is probably like his last spot. And if he can't get it figured out with Aaron Rodgers on a team where it's a bunch of rookies and then Rodgers aging friends, there couldn't be a better time for Watkins to become a number one guy. I'm still very high on Lazard, but I've, you know, Watkins, when he signed, we weren't even sure he was going to make the team. I didn't, I didn't know what we thought that was, but now seeing him through a couple of games, I would like to see Christian Watson get more of those opportunities. I don't like that they just made him jet sweep guy after one drop in week one. Yeah. But I am very excited for Sammy Watkins. Now, still, if all those guys are available on a free agent wire in fantasy, Watkins, Dubs, uh, Cobb, uh, Lazard, I'm Tanya, I'm taking no one. <laughs> the, the offense is Jones and Dill. And yeah. it should stay that way. Yeah. And then use those guys. So run to set up the pass. Again, I'm doing a podcast here to give you breakdown that you've never encountered anywhere. I think the football team should run to set up the pass. Whoa. whoa, whoa. No, let's, let's just, let's, let's, let's dissect that a bit further. And um, I think that when you have a good running game, what the other team should do is stack the box. Oh, like maybe even like seven, eight in the box. Mm-hmm. Type of thing? Oh. Yeah. And if you have a quarterback, like that's not as good. And the running back's really good. Make the quarterback beat you. Now we're okay. See, now this is kind of what I've always thought, but I assume that was just me. <laughs> right. Smart. Hey, sidebar. Can you name the three players selected before Sammy Watkins in the 2014 NFL draft? Oh, wasn't that a garbage draft? It's so not- I, mean, I don't know. I need to know who went one. If I tell you one, you think you can get two and three? Yeah. The Houston Texans selected with the first overall pick in the 2014 NFL Oh, they took the guy who's on nine different teams since then. Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, and then two was... To the St. Louis Rams selected offensive tackle. Oh, Oh, Long? Nope. I don't know. Greg? Uh, Greg? Robinson. Robinson. From Alabama? uh, (laughs) Auburn. Auburn. And number three, the Jacksonville Jaguars selected Lavishka Chenault. No, did they take that terrible Oregon edge rusher, Deion no, Jordan? They did take someone who was a Packer last year, though. Oh, uh, huh? Tyler he Irvin. The, he's one of the takeaways of NBC's The Good Place. His name came up very often. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Win three. <laughs> Three, right before Watkins, who was followed by Khalil Mack at five, Jake Matthews at six, Mike Evans at seven. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah rough. Rough. couple bad picks there. Uh, Toby, 
I saw you, no one else saw this, maybe besides Bart, but I saw you doing, you're, you're about to say, mm-mm, that Sammy Watkins will not be viewed in the future when we talk about the 2022 Packers season as the best Packers. Well, because season. the Packers will swing a week four trade for Terry McLaurin. Remember that, Toby? Remember <laughs> no, when he did that it. on a time? Wait, 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 Toby, Toby, quick, quick sidebar. Terry McLaurin yeah. is the best wide receiver on the Washington Commanders? Mm-hmm or mm-mm? Mm-hmm. Yes, he still is. But, you you yeah. like him more than Dotson still? Are you sure? I do, but Dotson – the problem is they don't use him correctly in the offense. They – for whatever reason, Paul, and this is why we complained about Scott Turner and got such enthralling conversation about this the other day, they don't do a good job of getting their number one featured. Like, all these other teams find a way to get their number one the ball. If he goes a whole half without touching the ball – it's not all that uncommon. Like they should be getting him screens and all this stuff, but no, right, let me, he's let still. The, I, let me be clear. I wanted a ten-second answer. Yeah, he's still the best, but I mean, Dotson might catch him. Okay, uh, all right. So that tell hurts me. my heart. So it, Sammy Watkins, you're saying Mm-mm, will not be viewed as the best Packers mm-hmm. wide receiver in your twenties because it will be Christian Watson. Whoa! Not like I think I'm not talking it, like career. I'm talking like this no, year. This year, Christian Watson. Give me another four or five weeks. Peter Bukowski was talking about this on Twitter today, and I thought it was very good because we talk about Watson, we talk about Dobbs, we talk about all these guys. Sammy Watkins was a very specific role, like you said, Bart. He got the ball off RPOs. It was an RPO, slant, hit him. Uh, Have you seen him do anything else yet? No. And I get that we had the different roles, and Christian Watson seemed kind of relegated to the Tyler Irvin-type role that he's not really much of a threat, but occasionally you give him the ball. Watch the first couple plays of that game. If Rodgers just holds onto the ball a little longer, he has a deep touchdown, I think, on the first play of the game, if not the second play of the game. And I'm not saying it was a wrong decision by Rodgers. That's fine. But at some point, Rodgers is going to gain that trust. And we also got to remember, Dobbs was the one playing in preseason, so he was the darling. Watson didn't get a whole lot of time with Aaron Rodgers. And right. we were worried about it, and rightfully so. And I think we're seeing Watson, it play out. Rodgers was like – like he didn't like he did that on purpose. I mean, yeah, but like give me give me six weeks here of Christian Watson maybe being a little slow and not, maybe not getting the big plays. But watch by midseason because I, I get where you're coming here from, Sammy Watkins. But unless Sammy Watkins just blows it out of the water all year and is consistent, I don't know that there's going to be a prime time guy until Christian Watson really steps up. Because I I just don't see Watkins being. He's a nice security blanket for Rodgers. He needed one after Devontae left, and he's a he's a nice piece. He's got all the talent, like you said, Bart, but this isn't the guy that was drafted number four overall. This is a different guy now, and I think Christian Watson is the most talented in this receiving group. Give him a little time to get up to speed, and I think you'll see him really exceed. You know, if, if Rodgers is going to do a three-hour – honestly, if he's going to do a three-hour podcast with Joe Rogan, he can't spend, he can't spend that – honestly – you can't spend that time throwing to Christian Watson. I mean, he clearly had time this offseason. You know what we call Joe Rogan in this house? What? Joe Barry. <laughs> because he sucks. <laughs> well, and real quick, just to go back to it, if Christian Watson catches that pass in week one, I got revisionist history. All the, we're not having this discussion. We're thinking of Christian Watson as the number one. Yeah. Yeah, but then they didn't throw to him for an entire game until – Oh, I understand that. I, I still, th- I still think they gotta get things figured out with him and Rogers. So it's gonna be a slow start, and we expected that, and we all expected Romeo Dobbs to have a big role, and he really hasn't been a whole lot, even though I think he's the target leader for the Packers receivers at this point. Dobbs, so is, he's yeah, yeah, I think he's got eight, and I think Watkins and Lazard maybe have seven, or I it's, guess Lazard I mean, that's, missed that's really one. Bizarre, though, I mean, Toby, I know you've only been. Wisconsin for a handful of years, but Bart through two games, the leading targets guy is has eight. Like that's yeah, that's, that's nuts. Four. Well, he doesn't have anyone to force it to, which maybe is not the worst thing. You don't see if Devontae's here, you don't see that game from Dylan and Jones on Sunday night, right? You, you see Devontae no, with no ten catches and 125 yards and two touchdowns, and we're all happy. Yeah, but long term, I think the team's better for it. 
I'm see, I'm going to disagree with you there because I think if you're going to go into this and if your answer to that was mm-hmm, Sammy Watkins is going to be your number one, I, that's well, fine. Well, don't, no, no, that I'm just I mean, saying, yeah, go ahead. You're if you're saying mm-hmm to that, Packers aren't winning the Super Bowl. Well, no, well, they well, aren't anyway, so. Wow, these are some hot takes, you guys. I would I would say that the Packers can win the Super Bowl with Sammy Watkins being the quote unquote best wide receiver this season if if it's the Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon show. Because the question, just to be clear, was that he'll be the number one or he'll be thought of as the best wide receiver. Sure. If the two best offensive players not named Aaron Rodgers are Dillon and Jones and maybe Tunyon and <clears throat> you have a big play here or there from Watson, but he's not a consistent threat, like that's what they should be. That I mean, I, I think that's what they're built to be. I think that was part of the fascination with Jordan Love in the first place is that Matt LaFleur wanted a guy who can say, hey, go run it 65% of the time. We're going to set you up in the spots to make plays with you know through the passing game. Whereas Rodgers, of course, is going to check out of runs and want to throw the ball and, and tilt the percentages. But all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, and I didn't know what I was going to say to this about Sammy Watkins. I want to believe that Toby's right about Christian Watson. I think Christian Watson is the most talented wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I I think your analysis that all of the camp time he missed and the preseason time and the, the work with Rodgers, that could all totally benefit and end up being the reason for the answer being Christian Watson as the, the best wide receiver this season. I think if there were odds on this, who do you guys say? If there were odds on this, where, where were those? The odds would favor who? Like if this was really a thing you could bet. We're on. just talking receivers. Just wide receivers. Lazard number would be one the target. You think Lazard would? Yeah. So well, not Lazard's I mean, probably plus two ten. Watkins is probably plus three hundred. Cobb might be like plus four. Dubs, so maybe Watson plus and Dobbs five. though are long shots from an odds yeah. to, from an odds perspective. Oh Watson, yeah. yeah Watson. God, I don't. He's such a wild card. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I will say. I will say Watkins. Mm-hmm. But he's been healthy for two games. There's 15 plus more than that, presumably to go. He's never been healthy. This guy named Ryan Horvat has mentioned that a few times that Sammy Watkins <laughs> hasn't had a healthy season since 2014. All right, we got time for a couple more here. I do want to do this one. Russell Wilson, it's a two parter. So, in order to say, mm-hmm, you have to agree with both parts. Russell Wilson is not a top half of the league quarterback anymore. And I saw this coming even before he was traded to Denver. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. So in order to say mm-hmm, you're saying, I saw this coming before the trade to Denver, and he's not a top half of the league quarterback. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. I'm going to say, we'll put a boot in your ass. It's the mm-mm way. No, I because when uh, Russell was in Seattle, I thought he sucked. Yeah, and what has he done this year to make? And him- then he went to Denver, and they signed him like a five-year deal, and I'm like, oh, that means he's good now. Yeah, but he's not. No, he don't look good. No, and, the, and I don't know if he's not in that video. Nathaniel Hackett looks in over his head. Hackett's over his head. Hackett's doing and saying all the wrong things. They're going <laughs> to count down again because he encouraged it, counting down for the time clock, the play yeah. clock. Yeah, Hi, for, that is insane. And then. Uh, the Seahawks, when they played, they didn't change any of the playbook. The wide receivers for Seattle, there's great video of Lockett and Metcalf talking about and telling their defense. They knew everything Russell was doing because they didn't change any of it. Of course they were going to lose week one. That was so, How do we not see that? New head coach, Russell coming back, thinking that, you know, I'm not going to – dude, Russell's another – like all these quarterbacks, they get to a certain point. Tom's trying to play football as less as he can. Rodgers is just playing the games. Russell Wilson's off skyrocketing wherever he is. All these guys get to this point where it's like they just they want to play football as little as possible and still get all the credit. It's like a guy trying to do a podcast. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I can say mm-hmm to this I one. I need a I'd, job. Wait, wait. I think <laughs> Wait, Toby, Toby, let me pause you real quick. Yeah, and go not ahead, to go follow ahead. up Bart's last point. So, Bart, so Russell Wilson, though, is the blank best quarterback in the league right now. Uh, uh, well, I would rather have Tua. I would rather through, have. You want to go through a list? Yeah, I'd rather have Tua. I'd rather have Josh Allen. 
I might think he's in the category of a Mac Jones right now. Um, and Mac Jones is not top 14. Oh, you want a hot take? I think I'd rather have Carson Wentz. Oh, my God. Now, you've actually watched those games. Carson Wentz has been on my fantasy football bench putting up crazy numbers. Has he actually been good, or are these just, like, fantasy numbers? No, he's been good outside of, like, five throws. How about all my guys that I stand for, Tua, Daniel Jones, and your boy Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts is the real deal, Toby. He is. He is. He is. Like, I I wouldn't say my opinion. Like, I I hate it that – this happens in media where if you have an opinion, it can't change because apparently nothing ever changes in our world, but Jalen hurts is better this year. It looks good. He can actually pass the football. I think he might be a legitimate threat it hurts to say that, but Russell Wilson at this point, to say that. Uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson at this point, I think is still barely in the top half and no, I didn't see this coming. So mm-mm, I did not see him being this bad. I thought Denver would probably win that division because I look at the talent on offense. I look at that defense. I thought they'd be really solid. And I know a lot of people right before the season started coming out were like, well, I mean, Russell Wilson's not as good as he used to be. Are we still expecting all this from Denver? And I was still on that hype train. After watching him these first couple of weeks, I don't know what it is that maybe he just got in a rut in Seattle those last couple of years. Because if you think of Seattle's offense, those last couple of years he was there, it was him run around like a maniac or throw the deep ball. And that was it. Like there was no intermediate pass game. There was nothing short. And I think he's out of sorts right now in this Denver Broncos offense, even though he's got weapons, I think he still just wants to throw deep ball after deep ball or hand it off. And I don't know. I I think he gets figured out at some points because I think it is still just a learning curve with a new offense and Hackett looks like completely lost at this point, but I'm I'm not real confident in Russell Wilson at this point at all. I, I was going to almost go out of order because I wanted you guys to hear my take first. And you probably thought this based on the way I framed the topic. Mm-hmm, I saw this coming. And mm-hmm, he's not a top half of the league quarterback anymore. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I agree I, with you. We can go through the – that'll be something to do. We can go through the quarterbacks at some point. But, yeah, I wouldn't – just at first blush, I don't think he's top half. And so – and I, and I did – see this coming i, I kind of thought because his weapons in seattle were really good his weapons in denver are really good and he's not very good like there's quarterbacks with far far inferior weapons than what russell wilson had to work with all right before i go last one this will be the most listened to podcast of the bart winkler show podcast so far mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. what well, fucking better be <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, it's been a yes. week now and if some, it's been a week now. That word better be out that we back, baby. Yeah. Well, especially now that this segment's back. That's what really – they're like, oh, is the show really, really back? It kind of seems like it's back, but we have not had a mm-hmm segment. Now it's back. We're back, baby. So we're doing this, then. This is the thing we're doing. Let's do it. All right. Paul, For thank Wednesdays. You. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Whatever. All right. See you guys. <laughs> Paul, thanks. See ya. Paul Emig. Bye. See ya, dude. Have a good Toby. Yeah. So one thing that I told people is that they could start calling us. Okay. And uh, I do have a phone number. It's 402-915-BART. 402-915-BART. And we do have a couple of voicemails that I was going to play for you and the show here. How do I do voicemails? Here's what I got. A, I got what the? Fuck? Here's a call from Ross. Hey Bart, it's Ross. Uh, question for you is: I like the I like the balance of the run in the past with the Bears game here, but how often do you think Rogers is checking out of those runs and playing hero ball when he gets flustered and behind, and they're uh, you know they're down they're down a possession or two in points. Rogers gets flustered and starts checking out a runs. How often do you think he, he does that? All right, keep up the good work. Bye. Yeah, that's a great uh, point, Ross. Um, I don't care. It's the answer is very often he will. What like think about this? You go go into Tampa's game. Just just think about it, Bart. You get into the fourth quarter. The Packers are down by ten points. 
and they're starting to drive, and they've run the ball on first down. It's second and four, and Matt LaFleur calls in a run play. You think Rodgers is running the ball? Look, I'm a big Rodgers guy. He's not – what did they have? Tim Shea said, what, like 58% runs against the Bears? He's fine with that against the Bears because who cares? They're going to throw over 50%, I would bet, against Tampa. And it's not because that might be the play calling. And also, I don't know if I have a big problem with it either because as much as we want to talk about Jones and Dylan, I know we get frustrated with your best player is still Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to trust him to figure things out. And if the game's on the line, I get that it's frustrating that he's always checking out of runs and you have this just preconceived notion that that's a bad idea. I'm going to go down with Aaron Rodgers. And generally the case has been with him that you do go down, but I'm going to say that he's going to check out of that stuff a lot. When I said I don't care, it's just like we've been talking about Rodgers checking out for 15 years. I just can't do it again. Well, I mean, this might be the most prevalent of it because at least before when you check out of it, it'd be like, all right, Devontae run a slant, you'd still pick up 15 yards. Now it's, all right, check out of it. Let's throw a deep bomb to Watson. Oh, dropped it. Oh, let's throw a quick slant to Sammy Watkins. Not on the same page. I mean, what is this, LaFleur's fourth year? If you're not running his offense by now. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think this year so far, the offense hasn't looked as – like. That Bears game, at least they got that motion going, and you pointed that out afterwards. Like it, When they're at their best, they're running that motion. That's kind of part of the offense. But I don't know if we've seen everything yet. So I'm interested to see what this offense can turn into, but I think I'm more interested to see if the receivers can actually step up and give him a reason to check into a pass play as opposed to just sticking with Dylan and Jones on the ground. You know, when uh, as a Packer fan, I say, we only have one Super Bowl with each Hall of Fame quarterback for 15 years. It's not enough. Yeah. Do you understand that it's not enough, one, because of how good they are, but also because all this other stuff? Yeah. Like Rodgers. If, we if we're going to have to deal with Rodgers being like thinking that he invented time travel or whatever, if we're going to deal with all this, if we're going to deal with Favre being a tax fraud guy, Give me more Super Bowls. All right, I got a call coming in. This is from Matt in the Falls. Hey, Matt. To accept, press one. Jesus. Figuring a lot of this out. Matt. Hey, Bart. Hey, you're on with me and Toby. This is on the pod. Hey, Toby. What's up? Hey, not much. Just, uh, well, I actually just uh, vomited, but... um... You know, we don't, we don't, we can keep it up. We can edit that out. What'd you do last night? Um, uh, had a little too much steak and ice cream, I guess. I don't know. Great. I well, got, I got some, I got some stomach problems. It's, it's not alcohol related. Oh, are you going to be okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just a little, little morning sickness, if you know what I mean. Well, what's happening? A great time to call. I was just going to play another voicemail from you, but if you're on live, what, What's up? What are you thinking? What should I do better? Everyone wants to critique me. <laughs> um, well, I I'm, I do. Uh, the intro thing is weird. Like this girl just comes out of nowhere and she's like, are you ready for the best sports show? And like she talked about a show that isn't you. And yeah, it's, it's like, called an advertisement. Did I start the wrong show? No, it's yeah, called a no, commercial. Like, did I start the wrong show? No. Well, it, it, it's, but it, it's a commercial, but it seems like it could be the intro to a podcast so it's like oh bart got this girl to do an intro oh, oh, no no yeah. wait it's an eh, eh, oh wait wait what is this so that's that's the issue oh well um, you're a smart guy you can figure it out i know um i did i did figure it out so you're right thank you what are you guys talking about uh we're just talking about the packers obviously oh well, it wasn't that obvious because I can't hear you because you're not on the radio. True, but so, uh, we're no recording. Idea. You guys could have been talking about Sri Lanka. Okay, well, we're not. I'll tell you what we're not talking about. The yeah. Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, we're not talking about the Brewers. <laughs> Brewers stink. Yeah. Well, I thought they were going to be good, and then they just never – those bats never came, and then they did come, and then they just they just stink. 
they just can't put it together altogether. Well, this isn't. Uh, this is. I thought if I'm going to take calls, they need to be a little more dynamic than this. <laughs> well, Bart, um, that's the issue. Is that I can't. I don't know what the topic is. So that's like I have to like prepare. Packers, baby. I have to like prepare. I I have to like become notebook Matt and be, have like a, a a sheet of talking points. And, I mean, I've gone like, through Roger and Cutter, hey Rick and Oshkosh, Tony in Texas. Notebook, Mike. None of these guys ever call in to talk about what we're talking about. Oh, that's that's quite a list you got there. Tony in Texas. Yeah, I got to get him on. I oh yeah, of course. I usually follow him up. We're we're we were on the same uh, same time schedule. You know. All right. Well, um, uh, this we I'm gonna, I'm gonna hey, what else we got? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go. Fine, you can cut me. Cut me. Fine. Give me the hook. Give yeah. Me the hook. Yeah, we'll do it again. I'll, I'll try better. Yeah, no, it was great. Got to be better. We got to be better. Coach Bud. All right, I do have one more voicemail here <laughs> from Sean O'Connell. Now we're talking. So this is the Sean yes. O'Connell actual call. Um, great podcast. I really uh, agree with Toby's comments about consistency toby is a straight shooter when it comes to things like that particularly the overall trend and also uh sports talk ryan o's uh comments were spot on as well and there does seem particularly on the defense to be um a little too much of stick to the plan no matter what the friggin' results are um they're in the military, we say make a plan, then execute the plan. But then we also say have a plan B, C, and D. And Joe Barry seems like we are sticking with plan A, whether it hair lips the governor or not. So, again, love you guys. Take care. All right. Lee Sean O'Connell with high praise for you, Toby. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I try to be unbiased. I try to give you the basics. And, the thing with it is you watched that game on Monday and the Eagles decided to put Darius Slay man to man on Justin Jefferson and Jefferson didn't go for 180 yards through the air. Who would have thought? And the Packers have a guy that's better than Darius Slay that they could have put on him. And I don't understand why Joe Barry and the longer I go through watching these things and knowing a little bit more about these sports, the more I realize that a lot of these coaches aren't that good at coaches. They're good at coaching in their scheme. They're good at coaching their guys to do what they know how to do, but they're not good at actually coaching. I mean, think about it. Your dad's a coach, Bart. When you're trying to be at your best as a head coach, you should play to your player's strengths. You know, I'm not going to put a dude out of position because that's the only thing I know how to do. But how often do we talk about professional teams, whether it's basketball, football, soccer, baseball, whatever, putting their guys in bad positions because that's what they're most comfortable with as a coordinator. And I think that's what's happening with Joe Barry here. He's not comfortable running a scheme where you're going to load the box and you're going to play man-to-man press coverage. But that's what the Packers are built to be. That's what Brian Gutekind's built this defense to be. Think about it. If you can load that box and stop the run against Chicago and you can bring Amos down there, you really scared of Justin Fields beating you deep with a pass if you're going man-to-man on the outside? Because I'm not. Maybe once a game one of your guys gets beat. Maybe twice. And if you only give up 14 points as a defense, that feels successful. But if you're able to stop the run against Chicago, they had a whole lot of nothing. And yet they weren't still willing to sell out to the run. And I think that's maybe what frustrates me the most is I looked at this defense at the beginning of the year and I saw Quay Walker get inserted in. So I thought they'd be able to stop the run. You brought in Jaron Reed. You brought in all these other guys. And it looked like, okay, they should be able to play the pass. So sit in nickel and still be able to stop the run. And they are in nickel a majority of the time, like most NFL teams, and they couldn't stop the run against Chicago. And so if you're not going to be able to stop the run, at some point you're going to have to bring a safety down into the box. You're going to have to play with seven in there, bring Amos down there, and let him do his thing, and then figure it out from there. And you've got the corners to do it, and yet Joe Barry is unwilling to change that up. And to me, that's just really frustrating. Maybe it's something that they had a script for the first couple of weeks, and they'll start adding stuff. But even think about back to New England back in the day. Think about how their game plan from week to week would change. How if their yeah. 
struggled against zone, they were in zone. If the other quarterback struggled against man to man, they were in man to man. And they had they had talented players, but it's not like they always had the most talented defense, but it was the coaching that really got them set up. So I just don't think Joe Barry's the guy for this defense. I think that they'll still make the most of it because they've got too much talent over there. But it really frustrates me that so many coaches, it's not just Joe Barry, but so many coaches just get stuck that this is what I know and this is what we're going to do. And it just shows me they're not that good of a coach because Brian Gudikins put together a team to play man defense, to be able to get after the passer, and Joe Barry's going to sit back there in a soft zone and you're not going to see the most out of this defense because I don't think Joe Barry is maximizing their abilities. Well, that's the thing. I, I get in so many arguments with people saying, well, this guy knows more in his little pinky than I ever would know. Just be, It's not like there were certain men that were born and had an infinite amount of football knowledge and we have to bow to them. That Joe Barry got hired because of a friend of a friend after yeah. he failed a couple of times. It's fake it till you make it in every profession, the NFL included. Just because a guy gets the job doesn't mean he's the best qualified for the job. Look at me on CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> they could have gone to a million people this summer. Yeah. But there was my dumbass. <laughs> no. uh, the other thing that I talked about a little bit yesterday is I am looking for new jobs. I would like Rick Schlesinger's job. I think the Brewers do a terrible job at marketing the one thing they should market, which is the actual Brewers. Oh, not the Yankees. Not the Yankees, not the Cubs, not the $5 concession vouchers. See, I was confused because the Yankees were in town and I thought they were playing someone else because they never mentioned the fact that they were actually playing the Brewers. Yeah. Real but the Yankees are in town. Come watch the Yankees. Very sloppy. So I'm just, I'm looking for a job that pays me uh, a respectable salary. Okay, respectable. Um, I'm looking for a job where I like a nine to five ish, but I can say, Hey, I got to go record a podcast. Mm. So I'm looking for that. I would like to not ever have to dress. Well, I, I mean, there's events. Sometimes I might have I've to heard trying to be a host for brewers unfiltered <laughs> already taken. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm just looking for like, a. I'm looking for, uh, I'm looking for a job. Well, so am I. So, are you radio or but I'll like I want like a media. If I go get like a media consulting, PR marketing, do the podcast. Also, my life would be set. Yeah, I, I want something. You're still young enough that you can chase this dream, which you're still young enough. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see. And then who knows, maybe in 14 years, you'll be doing episode five of your podcast next to your water heater in your basement yep. because it doesn't have the best lighting, but it's got the best background, even though you don't put them online all the time, but you need to find an area in your house that's away from your kid and also away from your wife who works in the office so you don't have an office. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someday I'll be stuck in the next to the water heater as well. Yeah, I mean, it's right next to me. Toby Altizer. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Absolutely. Always fun talking to you, Bart. And uh, that's the wrap-up of our podcast. That, that you know, everyone's, Everyone wants a formal intro, formal outro. It doesn't need it. So we're just going to stop at some point. Might cut us off mid-sentence. I don't know what we're going to do.